Hello, I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're A A Couple couple of of Characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And today we have Jasper William Cartwright from Three Black Halflings with us. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. That was so lovely, by the way. That was so well in time. I was like fully smiling and trying not to like giggle. I was like, ah, this is amazing. Uh, (laughs) I know, I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to be here. All right, so would you like to start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your show? Well, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I, I am Jasper. I am one third of Three Black Halflings. Um, I live over in the UK, um, currently reside in Manchester, uh, which is nice. And uh, yeah, basically sometime last year decided that I wanted to um, talk more about D&D. Me and uh, my friend Jeremy just loved talking about D&D and... You know, we'd, like, play games and then, like, spend hours afterwards, like, dissecting the mechanics that, like, led to certain things happening within that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and be like, oh, could you imagine if they had rolled, like, two points lower and then, the, you know, like, like proper, <laughs> proper, like, hardcore nerdy conversations about the mechanics of D&D. Um, and then I just kind of was like, ah, you know, we should talk about this. And then... Uh, you know, we should talk about this in like a show. And he was like, yeah, maybe. And then I was like, hey, you realize there's like no black people that seem to do this? And he was like, what? And I was like, there's like no black people that play D&D. And I was like, he was like, that can't be right. I wasn't right. Like, it de- there definitely are. There are some incredible <laughs> yeah. people. But there was, it was kind of hard to find. And it was kind of a bit more obscure and, and like definitely not like mainstream. You know, there wasn't anyone like that, that you immediately like the, the, the Google search pinged up you know yeah yeah that's also google's problem though that is also google's problem like <laughs> hell yeah like ha- absolutely uh but yeah. yeah it just it just really felt like um even it, like i think even if there were like and there are there's probably like a good a few sort of very prominent uh people that are doing some amazing work but i was mm-hmm. like it's still nowhere near the the number like the rep like number it should be like for every uh yeah uh, a person of color or, or um, you know, uh, or even, you know, a female, <laughs> um, you know, um, someone who identifies as transgender, whatever it may be. It's like there are like 17 white dudes, <laughs> you at know, least. and I was at least. Yeah, like absolutely no <laughs> offense to any white dudes out there. We love you. You're probably a lovely and fantastic human being. But I was just like, we could do with a few more people that are a bit different. Like, just yeah, we the... need some different perspectives in here. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um we recorded this, I always tell the story of, like, we recorded this terrible, like, episode zero, I'm now calling it. It was very much meant to be episode one. Uh, yeah. But, like, I didn't have a mic. Jeremy <laughs> left his fan on, blowing, like, directly mm. into his mic yep. for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was recording on my phone and kept forgetting that I was recording on my phone and moving my phone so like <laughs> just occasionally I would just get like really far away and I would just like, oh. I was like why, why why did I make this choice um, and so that never saw the light of day and I went to Jerry I was like look I'm going to buy a mic um, let's give this another go because I feel like there's something here and then the day before we started recording I was like hey uh, my friend Unati posted on her um, Facebook like uh, that she was like out in the sun and she was like planning a D&D session for that night and I was just like and I saw it was like oh yeah Unati's into like D&D and I was like hey Unati like do you want to like jump on this like do you, just for funsies yeah. Uh, and she was like, okay, fine. Uh, little <laughs> did she know she was signing up to this like whole crazy train ride that we're now yeah. on. Um, and then, that, yeah, that was like the first time Unati and Jeremy met and we just got together and just hung out. And it was like, it was so much fun. It was so, so much fun. And 
Uh, and the response has just been like mind blowing. Like I could not have wished for anything better. Like I feel like it would have been actively arrogant of me to wish it to go as well as it has done. Um, <laughs> so yeah, really, 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 really happy. And so yeah, we just get together, talk about like diversity and inclusion in D and D, uh, and and have a laugh. Usually at the expense of the actual show because we never stay on track for longer than about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to me that that is when Jeremy and Unati met because the chemistry of the three of you is just so good. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, I remember being in the Zoom room and just and they were like going backwards and forwards in the first episode, and I was just like, it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> like, there's nothing better than when like two friends meet and just like immediately hit it off, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it really has been, you know, really has been like that. I think. You know, there was a, definitely a nervousness from me that I was like, well, what happens if we get like a few months in and decide we don't like each other now or whatever, you know? And, <laughs> um, and like, there's uh, always like substantive arguments and stuff, which is like totally fine because I'm like, hey, that's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to be, yeah. uh, I want to like be challenging uh, us, uh, like each other and things like that. But in terms of like other, otherwise, we've just, yeah, it's just been a, a, a such a lovely journey with two, you know, really wonderful people. So couldn't have asked for anyone better. That is amazing. Yeah. Is there a particular episode you recommend people start at, or should they just start at episode one and get the whole experience? Um, I mean, it's hard to say that there is any sort of through line. I feel like we get a bit better. Like, I feel like we've gotten a bit better recently. I don't know whether that's true or if anyone else has felt that. <laughs> but I feel like we've got a bit better at, like, staying on track. Uh, we've got some, like, you know, the, the Brennan interview is one of the coolest things just because mm-hmm. we planned for that to be like an hour and Brennan just turned up and was just this like incredible lovely amazing self so uh I definitely recommend the Brennan Lee Mulligan interview just because he like fully flipped it on us and started interviewing us at one point it's like two hours of just like pure nerd joy and fandom and it was yeah that was real fun so uh definitely that and we had Alex from a couple characters this great little podcast yeah I mean that's a that's a pretty great episode. <laughs> I think everyone should jump into that episode, uh, which was actually a recent episode, like two episodes ago. So go listen to that yeah. one. Yeah, that's what you should go do. Uh, plus, also we do have an actual play campaign which we do called The Cub and the Caterpillar. Uh, so if anyone wants to listen to some actual play, uh, that is set in the Wogadu Chronicles uh, setting, which is an all uh, Africa inspired uh, campaign setting, which we're officially partnered with, and it totally slaps. It's amazing. So you know, yes, that's that's a good one too. So I haven't listened to any of those episodes yet, and mm. I thought when you were saying cub, I thought you were saying cup for the longest time, and it made no <laughs> sense to me. Could you imagine? The cup, the cup and the caterpillar. The cup and the caterpillar. That would be, <laughs> uh, I feel like it'd be a very different show, like a very, very different show. Yeah. Then I feel like you'd actually think it was a natural caterpillar as well. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, yeah. I was really confused about what this thing actually was, mm. but then I was like, oh no, this makes more sense. It's probably like, oh, we've got a daima and a lion blood. That's mm. probably what it is. Mm. Which I mean, is I, what it is. <laughs> I don't mean, the thing is, going based on our show, you probably wouldn't be wrong to question it. Like, we, <laughs> it's it's wall to wall chaos. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so is there a character that you have like really enjoyed playing what's your favorite character that you have played in the past you know we like to to focus on characters on our show so Mm. uh so i've got two characters i think that i'd love to throw out one of them is my first ever D D character 
I based uh, him on a kind of a book, a character from a book, um, and just turned out really like a really cool um, uh, a character, and uh, and I really enjoy playing it. So um, his name is uh, uh, Lamore Acanthus, um, and he is an Air Genasi rogue. Mm. um and definitely didn't like build him optimally <laughs> like uh, it was my first <laughs> D character and so i was just like uh i'm just gonna go with what i think uh he should have um mm-hmm. uh but like all of my characters super low wisdom which was which is very on brand for me because <laughs> i'm chaos personified and find it very difficult to play non-chaotic characters <laughs> um but yeah no it, i think there was something about uh it's it he's probably the closest character like to me i feel like um and this was back before i knew that everyone played rogues and so mm-hmm. i was like i felt like i'd made something super cool and super unique and yeah and so <laughs> i just had such a blast like playing him as a character and i got to uh bake in a lot of the lore like from the book nice uh, in regards to like his love interest that has like been missing for a long time and that's his like overarching mission is to like find her again but whether she necessarily wants him to find her because she's kind of <laughs> like okay and like seeing him again is probably gonna drag up like a bunch of stuff she doesn't have to think about anymore you yeah. know uh um and all that kind of stuff it was just really cool and jeremy was the dm and so obviously he handled it masterfully um and yeah, I, so I absolutely loved playing Lamora Canthus and uh, having the ability to just fly uh, once a day was dope. Air Genasis, don't sleep on Genasis, they're so cool. <laughs> um, I, I love them. You're related to genies. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. It's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think everyone's first character is kind of just a lot like them. And that's definitely okay. It's a great mm. way to get into role playing because who's easier to role play than yourself? Yeah. Exactly. And then <laughs> the level of investment is there, right? Like every time the uh, Lamour was in trouble, I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, no, come mm-hmm. on. I have to think of something. Like, do you know what? I was I have so. have to save my beautiful boy. <laughs> yeah. Like I yeah. was terrified about mm-hmm. the consequences of. Uh, of what would happen if this character, did, you know, was to die? I was like, no, this can't be. This can't be the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what what was the uh, book? If you want to give a shout out to the book, uh, it's the Lies of Locke Lamora. Um, oh, okay. Uh, um, Gentleman Bastard. The Gentleman Bastard series, yes. Yeah. And it's uh, it's uh, I don't. Have you read it? Have you have you guys either of you guys read it or heard of it? It's on my to read. It's on list. our TBRs. I'm pretty sure. Ooh. Yeah, I, I want to read it. Yes, I really recommend it because if nothing else, especially the first book, the world um is uh, called Kamor, and it's like this. Uh, and actually, we got to do a bit of like Kamor backstory in the in the game because Jeremy bases a lot of what he does on like player backstory and things like that. But it's like this really awesome uh kind of mix between uh scarred lands because of the gods type thing uh along with uh like Venice style kind of roguey Assassin's Creed 2 uh mm. um kind of setting and it's just like it's beautiful like part of the book is that there are these beings that came before humans and they built these massive elder glass structures which is like a this like amber colored kind of almost like translucent glass and they built like mm-hmm. buildings and stuff out of it but like nothing that humans can do can destroy it like they're just permanent fixtures and so like humans have like built 
stuff like onto them and uh, and around them and like built their cities around these big structures and and it's just it's, it's a really stunning like uh kind of place and just yeah the way he describes like food i always get really hungry when i play that when i, when <laughs> I, play that game, when I uh, read that book because it's always just like just describe stuff and i'm like like uh, uh caramelized orange wheels and i was just like oh that sounds so delicious <laughs> <laughs> It does. That's one way to my heart, yeah. is through food, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a halfling. So. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, you said you had a second character as well? Yeah, I did. I did, I did, I did. Just because I, I haven't had a chance to talk about this uh, this boy before, but uh, Yelkash Farsia, uh, this was my attempt to play something opposite of me. I think this is the best it's gone so far. Um <laughs> Uh, and he is an elk minotaur, so um, okay. Uh, so sort of structurally built very similarly to a minotaur, uh, but has like uh, antlers instead of like horns, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, is a slightly sort of taller and leaner build than most minotaurs. Nice. Um, and he uh, was kind of inspired by an image that I saw um, of an elk minotaur, and uh, yeah, like he's a. Four levels of warlock, two levels of barbarian, and uh, so he's only level six. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's growing, he's growing. Uh, <laughs> and he came about because I was like, I wanted to play against type, but without abandoning the kind of mm-hmm. foundations of minotaurs. Um, mm-hmm. Like in the fact that they are strong and like proud, and you know, I, I kind of. I wanted to still keep the idea that it was a a very military a militaristic like community that he lived within yeah. um but he was studious he was different he's not got these big bullish horns uh he's not built like as strong as other minotaurs he's still hella strong like compared to most humanoids you know he's still mm-hmm. probably yeah. uh i think he still has like an 18 or a 19 or something for strength but um but like <laughs> in comparison yeah yeah but in comparison <laughs> he's not as strong uh and he basically uh went to war and was like scarred by the effects of the war like he saw just the Mm -hmm. most horrific things and was like why why do we do this uh until uh basically there was a day where he was like uh, in the war where he was going to die like he was about to die and he realized okay I have to embrace this or me and my people are gonna get killed Mm -hmm. uh and so that's where he found like his inner rage was he just uh, was like okay here we go I'm taking the taking the lid off sort of thing I'm just going to embrace this craziness mm-hmm. uh, and just went full kind of rage mode and found a not like a joy but like I guess a joy in like crushing his enemies I guess <laughs> uh, and embracing a bit of that I can relate that's how I like to play my characters yeah exactly yeah. exactly you get it you get it so he just found that joy and basically then but uh, but after that he was like okay I need to balance this out like he he very much felt like he needed balance in his life. And so he uh, started studying uh, after the war and was like, I need to find a way of uh, being more like tactful. There's got to be a better way than just like trying to destroy everything uh, in Mm -hmm. and around us. And so uh, what he did uh, was he started studying and then he found or like heard story of a a lamp that would grant great power. Uh, He went like a pilgrimage, basically found this lamp uh, and is now a uh, warlock of the genie 
nice. because apparently Amazing. all my characters revolve around genies. I love genies. They're so dope. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's a warlock of the genie and basically has just like inside of his genie lamp because that was one of the best. That was the reason why I picked the, the subclass was just so I could go inside a genie lamp because well, that's, mm-hmm. just, that's awesome. That is a very cool feature that they have. It's so it's so much fun uh, and really useful as well. Like yeah. hella useful, mm-hmm. especially when you're playing like a big bulky character. Yeah. The amount of times I'd just be like, get on in here. Yeah, I'll just, I'll go in my lamp (laughs) and and you can carry me through the thing and no one's going (laughs) to stare at me because I'm a weird elk minotaur. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, he, so that's what he does. And then inside his genie lamp, he's just got like loads of throw pillows on the floor and like a library where he just sits and read books. Like he just reads nice. books and stuff. Like it's just his That's thing. That's the dream. And then occasionally someone gets re- he gets really angry and Goring rushes someone with advantage with reckless attack. It's great. <laughs> like it's a perfect. It's a, it's a perfect uh, marriage. <laughs> yeah, you actually I think have combined Quinn and I's favorite classes because huh. I'm a, a sucker for a warlock and mm. Quinn loves a barbarian. So yeah, and actually no perfect. think only smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, actually, one of the very kind things that my um, the DM for this particular game allowed me to do was we like homebrewed a feat. Mm-hmm. Um and basically it allowed me to cast cantrips whilst in a rage, so I couldn't cast spells. Oh, that's a cool uh, idea! But I could cast cantrips. Uh, the idea being that you didn't need to like necessarily it wasn't necessarily a huge amount of concentration required. Yeah, yeah, that uh, makes perfect a, sense for a cant. Like cantrips are kind of like the way they're described is that they are like you know your go-to things that you just get like um, right. You know that you're able to. Uh, do on a whim sort of thing and Mm -hmm. so we sort of were like yeah it makes sense this guy would have found a way to in the heat of battle still retain some of his like warlock abilities if he then flies into a rage and so that was super fun because then you know stuff like Eldritch Blast or whatever whilst raging was I mean you know who doesn't want to like like Kamehameha basically Uh, (laughs) but whilst I'm super angry and like you know uh, I think it's Super Saiyan 1 where he gets really angry and I don't know Sorry, I'm nerding out about Dragon Ball. Z. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Yelkash Farsia. Big fan. Big fan. Nice. Love it. And then uh, another question we typically like to ask our guests is, is there a character that you haven't had a chance to play that you've had an idea for that you kind of want to, you know, eventually get into? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I feel like for everyone, there's, you know, it can be hundreds. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's there's a lot. So I tend to make characters uh, like full character sheets for NPCs uh, in my games because I DM more than I play. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's like a lot of characters who have like briefly come into the game, and I'm always like, like, oh man, like we didn't see enough of them, you know. <laughs> um, uh, one of my favorites is Valtran. Uh, Valtran is an Echo Knight. Uh, Triton. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And his whole shtick is that um, they lived in a sort of like an Atlantis. Uh, I guess like, it, I mean, I don't, I'll throw it over to you guys. I guess most Tritons just come from like an Atlantis, right? Like, they're seafaring people. I That's would assume so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they like, <laughs> they live in water. Yeah, but they also live in communities and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, so it's just Atlantis. Like, it's just mini Atlantises, right? Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I'm imagining, anyway. Uh, so basically, him and his sister, um, in a sort of throw of, uh, of like, boredom and passion, set out on a quest to find a, a rare thing called the Cracked Amulet. Uh, and they uh, ended up getting in some trouble with a ghost ship that was protecting the amulet, 
uh, and Valtran's to Valtran's biggest disgrace, he basically realized their situation was hopeless and uh, like jumped overboard when uh, they threatened him and his sister and his mm. sister ended up getting captured. And so the party basically found him in like a drunken stupor as he had been for like 10 years because mm-hmm. he just couldn't handle the guilt of abandoning his sister. Um, Very Inigo Montoya. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fully like, you killed my father, prepared to die. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, he, the party then ended up basically taking him. It was never planned to be this way, but they, they took him on a, uh, on a basically, because they were also looking for the crowd time. Like, hence why they went to talk to him because he'd had some experience with it. They ended up taking him along with them and uh, they found his sister who would now become a sea hag oh. because she'd been warped. Oh, uh, no. And it was just... I, I that was I nearly made myself cry during this story arc. Like I just remember being like, "This is so heartbreaking. Why did I do this to this poor character? He's yes. such a nice guy." Yeah. yeah, they didn't deserve this. They didn't deserve this. Uh, so yeah, that was that was quite a fun experience uh, playing that. But uh, so I played I played that one a little bit. But like I would really love to play. Uh, Valtran as a full as a full character because he's yeah he's mm-hmm. he's very fun yeah I feel like that's part of the benefit about DMing is like oh I have all these characters I can mix in the world but then the mm. downside is you know you don't really flesh them out with their story because it's like well the this is true like you or- give them a great backstory but then you can't develop it that much beyond yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah 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 or, or the like- party's like oh yeah I don't like this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time. Every like, time. yeah, we're not going to talk to this person. It's like, okay, I spent five hours on him. It's fine. Please, please just ask one question. His twin, yeah. his twin is down the street, though. Yeah. Yes, look. <laughs> and they have all the qualities you do like in an yeah. NPC. Yeah, that was please. like, I I made this um this NPC to like guide these my party out of a like, a dangerous forest or whatever, and he, like, led them to this, and they hated him. They hated this guy. (laughs) And I'm like, well, this is what you got. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he led them to this house, this, like, haunted house, and they, like, didn't want to go in it. And I'm like, I spent 10 hours on this thing. You guys are going in this house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I have nothing else prepped. You're going in here. You're going to turn around, and this house is going to be in front of you again. Like, it's going to be that kind of haunted house that follows Mm -hmm. you around sort of thing. (laughs) Like, I'm going to railroad you so hard. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Uh, that's amazing good times though did the npc make it out like did the uh, you know Bonzi made it out yeah (laughs) normally what happens in my campaign is if they don't like an npc they just find a way for me to have that npc killed like they won't (laughs) kill them themselves because that would be pretty chaotic and evil no he's really good at running away and hiding and stuff so and he was like i'll like i'll lead you out but i will charge you and if you put me in danger i'm gonna charge you extra <laughs> and then they're yes. like, "You brought us to this dangerous situation." Uh, brilliant. Oh, well, so that's not an extra. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's real tough sometimes. Like my, I have two very different campaigns. I've got like a chaos campaign, and then I've got like a hardcore D and D players. We're gonna max everything out. Uh, of which Jeremy happens to be. And one of the other halflings happens to be actually no, both of the halflings are in it. But, um, uh, but Jeremy, yeah, like hardcore, like we're gonna play this by the, you know, like I know all the rules, so you can't kid me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's so funny because that group, just every NPC, it's like one word out of my mouth. Insight check. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know whether this is just because I have like a British accent. So like British people generally sound like villains. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're just portrayed in that way. So maybe every NPC they meet, I, you know, sometimes I definitely ham it up and I'm like, yes, well, my name. And they're like, inside Jack. <laughs> he just, he sounds evil. He sounds Nefarious. evil. Yeah. But it's so hard because then I'm just like, no, this is a good, this is a good... No, please, this is... Okay, fine. It's a bad guy. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to wear... There's, like, a scarlet letter. Like, just... This is my alignment. It's on my chest here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's what I feel like I need to do sometimes. Like, I have to make some NPCs so altruistic. It's ridiculous. Like, just just the most wonderful... Uh, uh, <laughs> Basically joy- a saint. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because if they do anything, they're like, well, kill him. Yep, they deserve to die. <laughs> Versus my chaos group, where they're just like, I believe anything you say, you're probably still gonna end up dead because of our own uh, uh, mistakes. But <laughs> yeah, you know, our bad. Oh, whoops, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just love then torturing them with the the folly of their mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot <laughs> to that group. <laughs> all right, since our show is all about making characters, we thought it would be a lot of fun to create a character with a fellow gamer. But first, it's time for Random Encounter. This is a segment where we briefly talk about characters we've encountered outside of RPGs, like in TV, movies, books, etc. Jasper, do you have any characters you'd like to talk about? Uh, So I've kind of talked about one already, which is uh, Lamore from uh, the Gentleman Bastard series. Um, But uh, outside of that, um, I've always, always been interested in trying to like reverse some of like the the tropey Lord of the Rings ones. That's Mm -hmm. always, I think, a a fun, uh, fun place to start. Uh, But then outside of that, like... um, there, uh, I don't know if uh, you've ever read the Farsia trilogy, which is actually where my second character that I mentioned got got his name from. Uh, but there is a Farsia, a book uh, called the I think they called the Farsia Chronicles or something like that. Um, uh, but that one's all about um, like kings and assassins and and things like that. And uh, there is an amazing character called Shade, who is this like really kind of uh, quite old. Uh, but properly like it's all about the deception um assassin and mm-hmm. i was like it would be so much fun to try and build a character that was like the one hitman like do you know what i mean he was like he yeah oh, and all the deceptions so you can get as close as possible to the target and take them out in one like it would be so mm-hmm. much fun if you could because you would have to min max them within like dnd's like yeah know, you'd have to otherwise they wouldn't be effective um but like he never gets into like open combat like he openly says like i would die if i ever got into combat because like i'm useless <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean but like i'll make a poison I got a surprise him. yeah yeah exactly yeah you gotta sneak up on him um and i was like i love the idea of this like proper old frail man mm-hmm. who just gets himself wherever he needs to be and uh takes people out like that'd be great <laughs> that'd be a great yeah. and i feel like no one plays that because they want to be you know we we as much as we like to think we we're, we're good at playing flaws, like no one really wants to play flaws. Everyone wants to be like the coolest character, <laughs> you know. Oh no, we're all about playing flaws. Oh okay, cool. This I bought. I brought us <laughs> to the right place. I brought this to the right place. Then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, is there something like it's... not perfect about your character? Awesome, that's great. Let's yes. roll with it. Yeah, like yes. uh, make your character super trusting, and then just see how bad that ends up. That's how that... <laughs> I mean that that is pretty pretty dehabilitating like yeah. Uh, yeah. as a as a pc like you will not last long at mm-hmm. all if you trust every especially not in one of my games i feel like i'm 
Yeah, I will. Pu- I will punish you for being too trusting. You need party members that are like, no, no, no. We can't trust this stranger. Don't eat that yeah. candy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely don't. And there's nothing. It's candy. It's what you no, give to quick, children. Get nothing out of the van and come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here before the child catcher comes back. <laughs> hilarious all right alex do you have a character um or did you forget to think of one no i have one okay but yeah it's uh very very brief uh so we were watching the good place on netflix and there's uh, yeah, a sure. yeah there's a uh like an alternate feature type it's one of it's when chidi is like trying to be in the good place but he doesn't remember yeah. anything else and he dates this woman named esmeralda who is like mm. this super creepy? She like she is like I must away and tend to my ravens. And I just really enjoyed the Esmeralda for the very brief period she was on that show. Yeah, and he's like, I'm trying to connect with you, but you like insist on sleeping in a giant nest with your birds. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah so, so she's just like super goth. Yeah, I'm the crazy. Ra- this is just me. Like this is what if I could be my truest self, it would be a <laughs> crazy mm. raven person. Mm. <laughs> I that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. What about you, Quinn? Do you have a character? You know I do. Hell yeah! A few months ago, I read *Convenience Store Woman* by Siaka Murata, translated by Ginny Tapley Takamori, and I adored the main character Kiko Fuka Furukura. Sorry, butchered that name at the yeah, end. There. Give it another pass. <laughs> Kiko Furukura. Sounded better. Yes. <laughs> She's this woman who works in a convenience store in Japan. Which is like a like they're different over there, and they're like a big thing. Um, and everything she does in her life is to be the best store employee possible. So to me, like it seems that she has autism because there's several parts in the book where she has to ask her sister, like, if someone asked me this question, what do I say or whatever? And her sister like gives her like actual like phrases, like, like oh, these are the things you should say, and then people will think you're normal. And oh, I just okay. really appreciated reading about a neurodivergent protagonist. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah we love yeah. to hear those kind of stories. Yes. And she has a happy ending. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yes. Like, that doesn't happen enough, right, anymore? Yeah, she doesn't have, like, a tragic <laughs> life. Like, she's living her best life. Like, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Like, I, that's that's great. That's really nice. Yeah, I mean, shenanigans obviously happen, but in the end, it all works out. Hey, look, you need shenanigans just for the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. There is no story without shenanigans. Exactly. Yes. I feel like you had, you had like, yeah. I, I feel like I went for like a super classic one. Like, I'm going to throw out there, I really want to play like a super villain, like an actual villain <laughs> campaign. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like uh, it, it probably would just end up being, you'd somehow end up kind of being the good guys just because I don't think we'd probably be able to help ourselves. But I'd love to do it. Like, I really feel like it would be fun. Yeah, I don't think we've we've made, I think, one evil character on this show. Mm. And otherwise, you know, you, just, you don't want to be the bad guys. You want to be the good guys. Yeah. Sometimes it yeah. might be fun to be... Who is the evil character? I don't even remember. Our soul shards guy. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yep, that's why I haven't remembered. I haven't finished editing <laughs> that one yet. <laughs> Yeah, that episode, I think it technically is supposed to come out before this. So it is. It, make, it will make sense. Once you listen to this. In the context make sense. of this episode. You're going to know what they're talking about. Time mm-hmm. travel. Uh, ooh, boy. That's a whole, that's a whole thing to approach <laughs> yeah. in TTRPGs. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not, 
It's not a good idea. This is a this is a tidbit. Don't introduce time travel in your home games unless you're extremely confident. <laughs> like because it is a lot of work if you uh, if you're not way like, too complex, <laughs> brain breaking mm-hmm. stuff. No, thank you. Yeah, uh, I would actually quite like to play or make a character based on uh, so the Lucifer the TV show. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a good TV show. It's pretty like okay, <laughs> um, but like it's it's good easy watching. You know, like I quite enjoy it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the but the thing I like about it is the way it frames the devil. Right, because yeah. he, uh, the guy in it is the devil who's just decided I've had enough of hell. It's horrible down there. I'm going to come and live up here. And obviously, the idea of the devil is not that he is the incarnate of evil. He is the punisher of evil. Right, mm-hmm. like he 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 judges people who are evil and then punishes them for it. And I do think that like uh, the the very morally ambiguous version of like a uh, you know of of like a hero. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the he's like the purest antihero I think I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, like he—he's a womanizing, whatever. Like you know, he's—he just endlessly makes horrible, horrible decisions. Um, but all in the sort of name of you know, he's like, yeah, well, I'm not. I'm just helping people uh, understand their true desire, sort of thing. Yeah. Like I'm not doing anything that like no one's doing anything that they don't want to do. <laughs> I'm just helping them on the way. Yeah, right. Uh, and I feel like that could make a very interesting character. I just think I don't know how you'd fit that character into a party of like right, quote unquote yeah. n- more normal. <laughs> Uh, uh, I feel like you'd have to all go in with some heavily morally ambiguous character. Otherwise, they would just be like, well, no, I'm going to kill this dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's a liability for sure. I think it's really hard to play a not morally ambiguous character. Like, even Mm. my lawful good character, I made her make some, like, more questionable decisions. Because it's it's really hard to be going out and adventuring. Mm-hmm. If like, mm-hmm. unless everyone else is one hundred percent on the same page, right? I and I feel like a party of lawful good to be kind of boring. I, to I be think honest, boring. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, okay. So here's a question for you guys, because you make a lot of characters, obviously. Go for yeah. it. Um, but like, how how do you combat then? Because I sometimes feel like there are decisions that I want to make as uh, as a player at a table, but like, you feel like you don't want to like put anyone else out you know mm-hmm. like as in you don't like disadvantage someone else's character because you want to do like a thing um but like you know so then you find i always i often feel like i'm i'm not quite playing the truth of my character because i'm like nah, i feel like this is gonna you know yeah, it's it's a hard line to thread between like what yeah. you'd want as a player and what your character would mm. actually want to do yes like mm-hmm. i'm playing a cleric right now I'm not the best cleric, um, healing wise, because Quinn just wants to hit stuff. Smash you, smash you. Yeah. We had a recent combat. We were fighting this like it was a giant dinosaur. Yeah, it's a it huge T Rex. Yeah, and it's, there's five people in the party. Quinn's uh, clerics in her little anti-life shell, so she's fine. Yeah, she's I'm at good. like almost full HP, <laughs> and the rest of us are all now unconscious. And Quinn's turn comes around, and she's like, "What do you guys think, guiding bolt?" <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> "You're like cast a ninth level no! heal on us, yeah, my dude." Yeah, you have the spell that like basically puts us Mass all the full health. Mass cure wounds. <laughs> yeah. or Come on. Yeah. But but that's kind of what I mean, yeah. though, right? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 super tricky to ride that line because mm-hmm. actually, because this is the thing, I find myself I'm like I am actually technically metagaming here yeah. Yeah. by picking 
the non like you know what I mean by picking the the, the optimal option or, or whatever it may be because I can see like the game board. It's super hard because sometimes yeah you're like would my character know this information? That's why sometimes mm. I ask where I'm like hey would does my character think that because I have a bunch of different weapons that are like good against different creatures. I'm like does my character know this is this kind of creature? Mm-hmm. If not, okay mm. then I'm not gonna pick that optimal weapon. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, and I always I always give props and try to reward players uh, when they uh, uh, are honest about that. Like when they because some players will just kind of go like, yeah, I'm going to use this silver sword that I happen to have against this werewolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, you definitely didn't know that, but whatever, yeah. fine. I'm not going to tell you you can't <laughs> use the sword. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I really love it when players uh, and I hopefully I try to do the same where I'm like, look, DM, you tell me. Is there any way that I'd know this? Because normally the DM was like, Romy history check. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. like, let's see if your character does know this piece of information sort of thing. Yeah. Let's leave it up to the dice. Um, unless you've got something specifically in your backstory which says, you yeah. know, I kill werewolves. Then obviously you would be able to prepare. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's always a bit it's always a bit frustrating, I feel like, when people are just like, yeah, I just know all this information about, like, beholders. Right. But, but you definitely don't. Yeah. Like, they're not well known <laughs> yeah. in most... D&D campaign settings I've ever played. Beholders are pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, unless you have backstory reasons why you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would say, though, for, like, the playing or making a decision based on, like, what does the player want to do versus what do we think the character would do, I think mm. if it's not to the detriment of the other players, then I would try to go with the character. But if my character's always like causing a scene and like they're always you need to be the center of attention and finally this like timid person's having a conversation i'm not going to break in even though my character would probably be like i need to be the attention person mm. but i think i would just let that happen you know so it's i think it's just you got to play it by ear and yeah you know honestly it's a game and we're just there to have fun so if you're having fun i think you're doing fine yeah yeah, one hundred percent. I just, I just uh, uh, can't help but overthink everything because I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. I must role play this so, I must so be hard. The best. I've got to do everything. Yeah, yeah, I've got to role play the best I could ever possibly role play, and mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, uh, definitely gets in my way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're an actor, right? That is your profession. Yeah. So I feel like that part plays into it too. That definitely gets. It's like a good thing and a bad thing. I feel like it's it's better to be a DM as an actor than it is to be a because as a DM you just you make the you make peace with yourself after like ten minutes of DMing for the first time. Yeah, that you are not going to be able to make the perfect decision in nearly any circumstance yeah. because you have way too much in your yeah, head. Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea what the players are going to do either. Like I'm going to mention yeah. like oh yeah I'm just trying to give you guys some description as you're walking through this city mm. and I mentioned that there's a temple and you're like we gotta check that out and I'm like well great now I gotta make this temple <laughs> <laughs> cool gods 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 just two seconds just gonna figure out what <laughs> gods do we have in this place yeah uh, exactly <laughs> like, yeah yeah I it, that, that, that really is it's so hard to get around that as a DM like because y- you would either have to just be like you're in a city now and nothing else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and that's really <laughs> yeah. boring. Yeah, which is super boring because if you go super descriptive, then yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah. Like, there is an on... You have to be super fast, quick thinking. Yeah. Th- there is an ongoing thread in my uh, my main campaign now, one of my main campaigns, in which the uh, players have a pretty close relationship with a group of street urchins. Okay. 
uh, of just like street kids who are just super savvy and whatever, uh, purely on the basis that I described them once. Mm. And the character was like, oh, street kids. They know the lay of the land. They'll know where I can find X, Y, or Z. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah. and it just became, they should, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, absolutely. And so I was like, well, that is completely logical. I, as a DM, cannot refute that fact. Therefore, there is now a network of like Oliver Twist yes. street kids in this place, like you know, run by whatever whoever's in charge. I want to figure out a whole economy yeah. of orphaned children who live in this city, and it's like it's just a part of the story now. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Let's go. Let's go. Which is like Let's a go. super fun and satisfying thing about that is like the stories that you end up like the directions that the story takes that you weren't expecting because mm. your players have chosen something else yeah and just uh, hard pivoting and, and getting yourself out of a out of a, like a an actual hole yeah. uh is always fun you i always find that like i'm like that was satisfying <laughs> that was satisfying they have no idea that i made that up but i fully yeah. made all of that up like i literally had a thing the other day where I, like my players were like whoa that relates to what Whoa! And I was like, uh -huh. okay, I guess that worked. I had no idea that was going to happen yep. before the session. Yep, definitely. I, pl I planned that. Mm -hmm. mm, Thank you for noticing. Yeah, I'll stroke my yeah, beard and perfect. sit back. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you role play amongst yourselves as I figure out what the ramifications of that massive decision I just made are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But then there's the times when you... So this happened to one of my groups where... Our DM kind of introduced this idea of like, oh, there'll be twins in this party. And then he was like, ah, screw it. There's a third one. There's triplets. And then we were like, oh, this is so weird. These women look the exact same. We should figure out more about them. And then he was like, gave us a little hook that like, oh, there might be like 80 more women that look like this. Like you guys figured it out. But then we we were like, oh, this is so cool. And then we just uh, kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and now we've never gone down that rabbit hole. So I'm sure the DM did some planning of like, oh, this is why these women are all the same. And like there's clones and yep. this wizard doing this weird clone thing, you know. And then we were just like, ah, no, we're good. Yeah, we've moved on. <laughs> yeah, and what you will do as a party is you will wait till just the moment <laughs> where they buy the deleted that uh, <laughs> notes folder forgotten about all of that stuff completely because there is like a million and one more mm -hmm. things in their brain now and then you'll go what about the 80 women <laughs> and the dm will go exactly ah, yeah, yeah. they all died super weird dead, so dead mass uh, it was awful they drank some kool-aid it was a whole yeah. thing like, i don't know what else to tell you guys i'm sorry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fun 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 all right I think we should talk. Oh, get us back on the rails, Quinn. Yeah, I'm gonna get us back on the rails. <laughs> Sorry, I've infected us with some some TV madness. Oh no, it's, madness. it's totally fine. I think I think we should talk about something that I've been dying to talk about, which is the most chaotic thing that's ever happened in one of your mm. sessions. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. so do you want Jasper to start? Yeah. So how about you start us off, Jasper? <sighs> okay, I have. Genuinely, if you need to think, it's okay. No, no, no. I have so many. <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. What's your favorite uh, one? Um. Okay, I'll give you guys a choice. You can either have uh, gnome throwing, uh, tarot card reading, or uh, um, behold a zombie. Gnome throwing. Gnome throwing. Dope. Uh, so gnome throwing was. Um, uh, my party had been captured by... Okay, actually, I'll start slightly further back. 
uh, there was a, I wrote one line, right, in my thing. This is a classic example of what not to do as a DM. I wrote one line in my notes, which was just like, uh, they get on this journey to this town they're going to, uh, this huge army is going to come across their path, and they're going to have to wait while this part, this, this army kind of moves across. The, the whole purpose of this army is to give them a sense of scale uh, in the world mm-hmm. and kind of, <laughs> like, let them know that, like, this big war that had been looming for ages is finally here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big yeah. deal. This is, this is happening now of course this being my chaos group they immediately they, they went oh can we try and cut across the front of the army <laughs> like before they get to us and i was like well i mean you can but like they're all on horses and you're just running so <laughs> i mean and they're like yeah it'd be fine and i was like okay and basically they didn't make it across uh without being spotted so these two like I think they were level 16 generals. <laughs> uh, two level 16 generals ride out to this level four party. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, uh, uh, like get out of the way or whatever. And, they were, and then th- th- them being the chaos party immediately, immediately uh, uh, started trying to play pranks and jokes with these generals. <laughs> and they were like, well, we're just going to fine we don't want to do this but take them into custody and they were like what, 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 no! and it's like yeah well obviously if you're here to try and sabotage us or slow us down or whatever we're not so gonna let that fly <laughs> yeah so they end up getting captured basically uh they um get told to take the prisoners to like this outpost which is uh by and if anyone is uh i don't know if anyone uh, listening or if you guys have read the wild mount um uh, source book uh but a lot of what i do i have is, skimmed through it yeah there's a basically <laughs> a lot like a few of the play i i pick like towns and cities mm-hmm. uh like if i need something on the fly just gonna go well like, that's a whole thing that i don't need to worry about like planning and it'll be fleshed out and whatever and so uh, they got taken by a small caravan of like guards to a uh, to Hupperduke, mm-hmm. which is like this gnome super like it's all gnomes basically. It's the like, party place, right? Yeah, it's the party place from uh, mm-hmm. from uh, from the Critical Role season two, and it's basically full of gnomes. They work really hard during the day and they party during the evening. <laughs> There's a gnome in the party. Uh, and the gnome in the party, whilst, whilst basically the guards get distracted, they're off like having a drink. Uh, they're like, you know, well, hey, when, how often do we get to come to Hopperduke and let our hair down sort of thing? Yeah. So the party is just like in this like little uh, cage caravan, whatever. The gnome rolls a nat 20, convincing a bunch of drunk gnomes <laughs> to help them out of this cage they're in. The drunk gnomes then insist that the party joins them for like this massive party they're having mm-hmm. up, like basically up on like a. Uh, uh, um, I kind of imagine Hupperduke and the way it's the visual are in the book. It's like it's kind of a bit of like a Minas Tirith, like it's built up the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go up this like massive lift and they go into this party and they end up just getting really drunk. <laughs> uh, at which point the Goliath. Uh, on the in the party, uh, the Goliath barbarian is is like there. Uh, the the gnomes start chanting party trick, party trick, party <laughs> trick, and the 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 giants, the Goliath's like, uh, I don't really have anything. Can I like uh, maybe like juggle them? Yes. Uh, and I was like, uh, I mean, roll me a strength <laughs> check. I mean, they're pretty small, so go for it. Uh, he rolled a 29 <laughs> <laughs> on an athletics check nice. to throw what it like to like start juggling one of these gnomes and just fully threw a gnome out of like a seventh story window. <laughs> right? 
And then the best part was, I was like, okay, I'm going to roll like a straight luck check to see how, what happens to this gnome. The gnome rolled a nat 20 (laughs) and landed in a bucket because they have like a bunch of like lever systems that are outside (laughs) to like, like do deliveries and stuff. The gnome landed in a bucket uh, uh, and kind of basically like smashed the window. The whole party went silent and was like, no, oh God, no, what's (laughs) happened to like this, this, this poor guy. And then he comes back up in a bucket like, yeah! Like fully yeah. just drunk out of his mind. Yeah. So the Goliath then just like, I immediately pick up and throw loads more gnomes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so basically this carried on. Next morning, I then describe them all having huge hangovers as they go outside to realize that like, 60% of the gnomes he threw out the window, not so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and they just had to come to terms with the fact they just willingly murdered several gnomes oh. last night oh. like because they just got too drunk yeah. and started. And it was so funny because the party was fully acting drunk. Like we were all so excitable and giddy yeah. that like we fully didn't realize what we were like what they were all doing yeah. until <laughs> until like the ne- until I described the next morning and they were like, oh yeah. Who'd have thought throwing gnomes out of window might have actually killed some of them? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? So yeah, that, is that was pretty that's ridiculous. one of the most ridiculous stories that started with them getting imprisoned and ended up with them throwing gnomes out of a window. An imprisonable offense, probably. Imprisonable, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They had to get out of their shop. Uh, um, and all just the because they didn't want to let your army pass, you know? <laughs> that's uh, that's what I mean. It all started yeah. with the fact they wouldn't just take this one. I had to. That whole session was completely improvised because at, right at the beginning they wouldn't just say, "Yeah, yeah, we'll wait for the army to pass." <laughs> yeah, we'll wait for this huge army that would TPK us in less than a ra- like half a round. We- we'll we'll go and talk to them. Like <laughs> no, no, stop. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's my chaotic story. All right, Quinn, you've been dying to I know. I was going to say, this kind of reminds me of my chaotic stories, though. Alex was DMing the session, and I was playing a a dwarf barbarian. And our party also had a dragonborn Dragonborn monk. Yeah, a dragonborn monk who had low intelligence. Intelligence. Yeah, low intelligence. He was basically playing it as (laughs) intelligence six. Yeah. And six. We yeah. had a uh, a yikes. we had a no or halfling, halfling rogue. Rogue, that, yeah. And she the dragonborn thought she was half an orc because he he went in this room of half orcs and she was like she, they tied him up like, or whatever and yeah. They they, t- they tied up these half orcs because yeah, he, he, he never killed anyone. Yeah, he never killed anybody. He'd knock them out and tie them up and leave. So he left and a lot he, of baddies. When he came back, there's this little rogue halfling picking their pockets, and then he's like, "What are you doing here?" And she's like, "I'm, I. What do you mean?" <laughs> and, and then he's, he's like, like, "Oh, you must be just one of their kids." Yeah, like you were just you were born. You were just born. Yep. So I must take care of you. Yeah. So he was like her dad. <laughs> so that's just the background behind this. So I gave them the bag of beans as a reward for, like, helping this village out. Oh, there also was a super not trusting... A ranger. Yes. Yep. And so I gave them the bag of beans, and the ranger's like, why are you giving us these beans? They're, like, you know... They seem sketchy. They seem sketchy. And I was like, I don't know. That's all I got. 
you yeah. know? Because <laughs> Alex, Alex loves this. It's probably his favorite magic item. Well, it's just chaos. Yeah. Yeah, which is my thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I would love to be part of this chaos group because they sound like my kind of people. <laughs> uh, you got you got to come and join in for a session. It's, 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 trust me, whatever you're imagining, it's, it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the rogue plants one of these beans and she rolls the thing where it has and we're in a a small like town village yeah, whatever yeah. and she rolls the thing where it makes a statue a giant statue of identical Sparta, to you that starts screaming and yelling about how basically you're an awful person yep <laughs> and that people should apprehend you yeah so she's like what are these beans this terrible plants another one Rolls that thing again. There are only th- out of a hundred. There's only three like, numbers. That, yeah, I think like, it's like twenty-one you. through twenty-three or something. Yeah. is this statue happens again? <laughs> happens a second time, and then she's like, "Oh, this wow. is so weird." And then tries it a third time. Same. Well, so, well hang on. Before okay. she did that, though, she like was in the room, and the ranger like tried to take the beans from her. Like, quit yeah. planting these beans. It's oh, obviously yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, and. Quinn earlier had said, I put all my stuff in my room. And yeah, go so we down went. To the bar. Yeah, I was like, I went down to the bar. I just bought a big, like, barrel of ale that I put in my room. I put all of my stuff. Like, I specified I only have, like, my shield, my cloak, and my hammer, and, like, some money. Like, mm. That's it. And so then the dragonborn comes into the room where the rogue and the uh, ranger are fighting, and he's like, Cut this out. Like, I'm putting my foot down, and he lightning breasts. And catches the curtain on fire. <laughs> and then these three walk out of the room. Like, yeah, whatever. Well, no, he... Oh, yeah, he did. Because he, yeah. like, he'd put her in there because she was in, like, timeout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they leave the room while the curtain's on fire. And so I'm now like, this inn and is, then like, I say, starting on fire. Hey, my room was next to that room. <laughs> yeah, And I the left a full barrel of ale in there. Yeah, so as they're walking around planting these statue beans, the this inn just catches on fire, <laughs> and like it. And yeah, that's right. So like p- the townspeople are starting to like chase us because like there are these statues yelling about how this character is awful. Yeah. And yeah, and she plants a third one, and it's the same thing. Yeah. So there's three statues shouting about how we're awful, and I just like look back, and the inn's on fire, like burning down to the ground, and I'm like, nope. And I like round everyone up. I'm like, we're just leaving. We're not coming yep. back here yep. ever again. That's wow. it. We're done. But, yeah. Basically, yeah, they just left the town in burning. Three statues <laughs> shouting about how bad this rogue is. <laughs> and I think the rogue at the, after the third time was like, I guess that's what these beans do. They yep, just yep. she was like, yep, that's what these beans do. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's what they do. There's nothing, there's no other function. And it was just, oh, and the best part was like, Alex didn't intend for this to happen. He just given it to us. And it happened to be on April Fool's yeah. that we were playing this session. Yep, yep. So it was just so perfect. So to this day, that was almost five years ago, (laughs) and it's just my favorite session. It was so funny. That is absolutely hilarious. You literally like got chased out of like a town Mm -hmm. with pitchforks, basically, whilst it was burning, and there was the screaming statues is great. And Alex, you have given me a gift. I have just Googled this magic bean. Oh, the uh, bag, bag of beans. And I am like, yeah, I've just, I didn't know of this item. Oh, it's oh so my gosh. Good. Oh my it's God. so funny. My chaos group is getting this magic <laughs> bag, this magic bag of beans, like on Monday, when we play again, they will be having this bag. Uh, this, like whatever ensues will be hilarious. Yeah, it's Perfect. so good. 
Yes, it's so funny. Wow, 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 wow. That is, that's incredible. My favorite one in that is, like, you can get a giant pyramid. Like, a 60-foot oh, yeah. on a side pyramid. <laughs> what? Or is it 60 feet? Well, yeah, I think it's a 60-foot, yeah, six, it... like, square base. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> a pyramid with a 60-foot square base bursts yeah. upwards inside that can do a, a number. sarcophagus containing a mummy lord. Yep. yep. <laughs> the pyramid is treated as the mummy lord's lair. <laughs> what? Yep. Yeah. What happens to whatever was underneath the 60-foot <laughs> base? Quirks. Fun fact, they die. That <laughs> happened in a podcast that we were listening to that they, like, accidentally, like, oh. dropped their bag of beans, and all these things simultaneously oh. happened, and yeah. this pyramid, like, crushed the top of a tower and yeah, killed and a lot DM, of people. Yeah, and the DM was like, well, these three... Uh, things happen but they, they don't matter because a pyramid appears like you know <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever that yeah. is doesn't matter because pyramid yeah. <laughs> yeah wow that's a great item that is one of the most glorious items <laughs> and i can i'm gonna give them one bean and see how it goes i do not i will not be giving them the whole bag <laughs> um because this is this is exactly like the tarot card thing. Another example yeah. was literally like I said, "Hey, this uh, this this lady will give you a tarot card reading, and then either really good stuff will happen or really bad stuff will happen." They keep going back to get tarot card <laughs> readings. It is. I had to. No word of a lie. In the last game we played, I had to make one of them out of nowhere a patron. I had to invent. <laughs> A deity that suddenly had an interest in one of them because they drew the card the Dark Lord. <laughs> like, uh, there's only so much I can do at that point. I'm like, well, either the Dark Lord is coming to kill you, in which case this is a TPK now, yeah. or he's going to be like, do my bidding, and you're now one level of warlock. Yeah. Like, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. All right, Alex, what yeah. is your favorite? Most okay. chaotic. All right, so my little chaos story, I was playing in a game with my friend Andrew, who is our like current DM, friend of the show. And uh, <laughs> he and I were playing these halfling cousins. And I was playing a bard that was like a street urchin that, you know, he was kind of just, he was happy to be a street urchin, but then his cousin found him, like, living on the streets and was like, oh, let's go adventure. Let's hit you, you know, a little bit of a better life. So sure. we're going through this, like, cave thing and, you know, whatever. And my cousin is a Hexblade warlock. So he's, I feel like he was maybe chaotic neutral or possibly hmm. chaotic evil. We're not sure. <laughs> he was chaotic evil was by the end. Yeah, we definitely turned <laughs> yeah. evil after this story. But... I, I So I was playing Chaotic Neutral, you know, because I was like, this urchin doesn't really care about laws or helping or not helping yeah. people. So we get to these, like, group of goblins, and there's basically, there's a family, there's, like, families here, but there's four main goblins that the DM wants us to fight, right? Like, they're, like, going to mm -hmm. defend their little people, which I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So I cast Hypnotic Pattern and knock... I think I got three of them to be incapacitated. Oh, I love that spell. And then the DM has these little like townsfolk start shaking them to wake them up. And I just turned to my cousin and said, 
We're killing them all. Because <laughs> I was like, how dare you ruin my spell? It was so good. And then, so then we did, uh, uh, yeah, much of the DM's chagrin, I think, killed all these goblins. And I was like, yep, this is our path to evil. So then, yep, here we go. So that was just like a little summer internship that we did. So we only played for like eight weeks or something. And then the last week, our DM was like, all right, you guys are level 20, and we're just going to do a one-shot type thing. And so level your characters all up to 20. Whoa. And so what we did in that session was we went to the first layer of hell, and Ooh. we were trying to basically save this NPC's wife's soul from Zeriel. Okay. So we get to the first layer of hell, and we fought Zeriel after we, some shenanigans ensued that got us into oh. the thing. Because you know I'm a level twenty bard now, so I'm like my persuasion's like plus sixteen or something. I'm like I can just convince yeah, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally yeah. impossible for you to roll less than like a yeah. twenty five or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway, at the end of the session, though, we kill Zeriel, and then there's like this. Some sort of, like, power kind of tells us, like, you guys can kind of become the owner or, like, the, you know, the people that you run Santa the first layer of hell. Whoa. Hmm? Yeah, we, yeah, we Santa Claus her. And so my cousin and I are like, oh, hell yeah, we'll become the first layer of hell, patri- or, like, you know, <laughs> lords. And then the rest of the party is like, nope, we're not, we're not doing that. So the other three party members all left and like we were like yeah we'll send you back to the surface and then just my cousin and i are now running the first layer of hell (laughs) wow wow i feel like every single evil story starts with so i killed a whole village for the right yeah like i feel like that's like the gateway to being a super villain in a D and D setting you know or like it's like them kobolds you know Mm -hmm. something just something that you're like you just definitely didn't need to go ham, but we did, so... Right, yeah, and the DMs, like, I mean, yeah, if you hit them, you kill them. They're, like, yeah. literally, it's a goblin kid mm. that you're, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, I God. forgot that it was a bunch of children. Yeah, there was kids and women that they were, like, you know... You went full yeah. Anakin yeah. <laughs> on the, up in here. Yeah, wow. my I think the, uh, the my cousin did the Thunderstep spell from the middle of the group, so that got most of them just... <laughs> Boy, but, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, Boy, that is it was a turning point, evil. but it was just like the most chaos mm. that I'm like, oh man, I didn't expect this. These characters would become this evil this quickly, but but you know what? <laughs> like, fair play to you for just role playing it as it was. Yep. You know, like this. This is what my character would yep. do. So I'm like, I'm sorry, kids. Pretty pissed that they. St- stopped his spell from working like he was like oh yeah i'm happy to leave them and then they interfered with the fight so you know what (laughs) we're bringing it to them the ultimate redemption arc for those characters is that you now run the first layer of hell you find all those kids and you send them back up like hey go go live the life you should have had that's That's what you should i mean that's what you should have that's the dream yep we'll we'll live in that reality (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 let's live in that reality where the the epic level of redemption arc happened as well yes All right, right. so we've been talking for quite a while, but I don't know if you still want to make a character. Yeah, hell yeah. All All right. right. Yeah. All right, so yes, we're moving on to some character creation. Since your show is all about diversity and inclusion in tabletop games, we wanted to make an explicitly black character with you because we've never done that on our show yet. Yeah. I mean, we've made characters and, like, not said the race, but let's just go ahead and say this one's black. 
This is a black guy. Yeah. Yes. Or girl. Yes. Whatever. We'll or non-binary, gender fluid, whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you yeah. want. Sweet. Yeah. We just go like go in. Uh okay. Let's oh see. yeah. So so you can roll for stuff if you have an idea. We can go off of that. Yeah, it's okay. whatever you want. We can we can also we talked about maybe doing it in Wagadu if you wanted to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, let's do it in Wagadu. Okay. Let's do it in Wagadu. So let's briefly, I guess Quinn or Jasper, you and tell people what Wagadu is. Just to make I sure. think Jasper I, probably knows more than we okay. do. <laughs> we read the book. Or the, I, you, yes, we skimmed we, it. We did read half of like yeah. we read through the read lineages the, part. I didn't read the. Uh, the little like campaign module, but read the beginning. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like people, everyone should check it out because it's 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 so so awesome. Uh, and uh, to- I mean, we're totally biased. Like we're like uh, official partners now with them. Like make it do like with their, with our campaign. Uh, so we're like we're, I quite literally spend so much of my time just thinking about what God would be like oh this is so good i love it um but yeah so it is a an africa inspired uh, campaign setting and the the nature of it is it's so cool um the way it works is that every single uh, wagadu setting uh should be and is different uh in that like literally like the map changes uh they give you like ideas for maps they sort of show you how it could mm-hmm. look um but it's a totally up to you as a dm how you want it to uh how you want it to be shaped uh there's certain things which appear in like every iteration of wagadu but like otherwise it's kind of up to you um and in essence what it is is it's sort of a it's a place where the fallen are the humanoids uh in the in the place and basically they are people who've fallen from the upper realms which is like i guess you would say like a more typical like D setting uh or, or place uh, and people fall from there and land in wagadu uh as one of the sort of uh species or races that um you see in the in the book and um, it's kind of like a purgatory right yeah kind of effectively like you know it, death isn't uh, uh, and i think this is partly because they're so the t- twin drums team that have made this campaign setting uh, are also developing it into a uh, MMO TTRPG. So like a. I am very excited about that. It's mm-hmm. so cool, and it's gonna be. And the uh, art is so beautiful. Oh, it's, I it's can't un- get over it. It's unreal. We got. Uh, we actually got sent uh, by an incredible one of our incredible uh, listeners and, and friends of the show, uh, like a poster um, uh, that they made for our for our campaign setting, nice. and it's just. Oh man, like I literally just saw it as before I came on uh, to record this and I was just like, ah, this is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, the artwork is just unreal. Um and yeah, you uh, uh take up the, the the mantle of one of these uh these humanoids who live in um different communities and uh and I think a part of it is that you you sort of don't really die like in Wagadu. You kind of there's like a almost like a nature of respawning, but again as a DM you can kind of decide what ramifications that has and uh, uh you might come back completely changed or or without memories or whatever that may mm-hmm. be. Um and uh uh, and then the other big sort of, I guess, big main difference is that you have these spirits wandering around mm-hmm. uh, who are like there. So there's like three categories almost of like kind of magic and the source of. So you have your ancestors, uh, which is a very big part of it. That's a part of your lineage and your backstory. Uh, and they will feed in and get, genuinely give you like abilities. Yeah. And so you get this thing called hidden backgrounds so that you can get like boosts on, on certain things. Uh, then there's the spirits, which are like basically govern over the natural world. 
And so uh, you don't hunt animals, for instance, in Wagadu. What you do, uh, if you want to eat, you you would find, like, say you find, like, an antelope. You would, like, best the antelope in combat, basically. You would get to the point where you were just about to slay the antelope for its mm-hmm. meat. And you would basically call out to the spirit and say, like, I have bested one of your children. And then the antelope spirit would come forward and, like, give you food. They would, like, kind of, like, produce food, mm-hmm. like, from sort of their own, their magic. And, and as, like, a, a reward for besting one of their children. And the antelope just, like, runs away and mm-hmm. lives a happy life. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a really cool. It's almost, like, Feywildy. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, like, the closest comparison to, like, D&D canon. Uh, and it's very... Uh, role play heavy I would yeah. say at the moment at least um, just because again a lot of it is about uh, you know negotiating with these spirits who some of whom are very very high CR creatures yeah. uh, as um, my character Muti has discovered <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's an incredible setting uh, so so much fun and it's just uh, you know we, we often talk about the fact that in uh, our games there's like this automatic assumption ba- because of everything is uh, geared towards a very Eurocentric um, uh, idea that you uh, always usually picture people uh, are white, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the standard. And then someone will go like, you know, all they're, you know, dark skin, like black skin or whatever. And you go, oh, oh, cool. OK, this is a black character. Uh, whereas every single person in Wagadu is is black, like yeah. that's just written yeah. into the thing. It's just like everyone is black. This is an Africa-based campaign setting, so yeah. um, and it's just like, there's it, various shades, but they're all black. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, every, everyone be having shades, but it's <laughs> but it's all it's all dark. Um, and uh, it's awesome. Like it's so awesome to just uh, to as a as a person of color to then feel like oh everyone I meet is you know there's like a, a commonality between me and everyone I mm-hmm. meet in this campaign yeah. setting as opposed to most campaign settings where I'm just like I I I mean me and you are miles apart. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and so it's fun. I mean I'm jealous of you white people. You've had this for ages. Yeah. This is great, <laughs> you know. Um, but but no, it's a very cool. It's a very very cool setting. Uh, the other then, big thing is the memories, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you don't have any memories of the of your life in the upper realms, but it comes to you in like dreams. Uh, and so this again is a part of like the hidden backstory and things like the way that Jeremy, uh, the who DMs uh, our Wagadu campaign setting, is like that might uh, give you certain advantages in certain moments. You won't rem- remember something in a moment. And so like... Uh, my character Muti has like remembered being like a bit of a diplomat in the upper life, mm-hmm. uh, in his upper life, and and uh, having a relationship to like uh, kings, and so uh, because of that, now he has gained an advantage in like deception and persuasion roles, um, and so that's really changed the kind of course of my character yeah. uh, in a really awesome way, and it feels very like organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, he he bases them on the way you're playing the character, but allows you to heighten certain elements of the character uh, in a very like. Um, substantive way it's not just like oh you do more damage now it's like no no this is going to make a real difference yeah. to the way that you're able to play this character uh, and in a role play heavy setting it's it's so rewarding like so rewarding and that's kind of how the level ups work as well I think in the book mm. that, that was one suggestion was you could kind of rationalize these new abilities that you gain as while you always had this ability you just now are remembering that you would knit like basically, you know how to do it now, absolutely, because yeah. you're remembering. Well, absolutely. So both uh, Ongenagama and Muti, which is the two characters that we play in the Cub and the Caterpillar, uh, which is our setting, uh, both of them, uh, they uh, recently we both leveled up and we both multiclass. Okay. 
partly because it's because it's such a role play heavy setting our characters have changed a mm. lot from when from how we first conceived them uh a, a very unlike sort of normal D where it's like it's um where it's less sort of uh, role play heavy um it can be easier then to kind of you know still within the, your class or within your your whatever to to get you know to kind of get away with I guess you're not rolling as many persuasion checks or as many deception checks or you're not kind of involved in social interactions which are life threatening mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis and so it kind of changed the way we did things mm-hmm. and so I took like a level of bard um, uh, I was a sorcerer now taking a level of bard and. Uh, the way we did it in the in the ne- the next session was just that Mooty uh, was giving uh, like one of his speeches because he kind of goes on these long kind of overarching speeches. Mm-hmm. I'm sure listeners, you can't imagine that <laughs> uh, me as a pla- as a person talking too much, <laughs> never, never, not possible. Um, but he was giving one of these speeches, and uh, Jeremy just described one of the uh, um, one of my pl- one of the PCs in my thing be- be- having inspiration. Okay, mm. uh, and that was how I sort of cast Bardic Inspiration for the first time. Nice. Uh, and so, like, it kind of very, it grew very organically out of that. Uh, and, you know, Mooty's all about kind of just uh, sort of hiding himself and sort of wanting not to stick out and all this kind of thing. And so he cast Disguise Self, which is a bard spell, not a sorcerer yeah. spell, for the first time, <laughs> purely because he was like, ah, oh, please don't let me stick out, please let me stick out. And then he just changed. Mm-hmm. Nobody look at me. Yeah, and literally just fully changed and was like, oh, dope. Okay, I know how to do this <laughs> now. So that power was always there. It's just like the situation mm-hmm. yeah. almost, like, developed... Uh, um, for them to use it, and so yeah, it's 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 a really really organic. Yeah, uh, you've always um, had it. Um, um, what's the word? Latent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's about rediscovering that that power, I guess. <laughs> I thought you were um, just gonna say something corny, like the power was inside you all along. No, I wasn't. I was <laughs> I was trying to think along. of a word. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> and then you had the like environmental trigger that released mm-hmm. it. Mm 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 mm. mm. But I think you know, and on top of that, the the, um, the lineages, as they're called, so everyone's a human, uh, but then there are different lineages of people, uh, which are all taken from real, you know, and, and a lot of this setting is very much based in real African uh, lore, folklore, uh, history, yeah. um, and the lineages. There are seven lineages at the moment, um, and or, or you know, or races. Um, but it, one of the one of the lovely things is they describe. So basically, they say like there is only one race in Wagadu, mm-hmm. and that is like the people. Mm-hmm. They are one people, and they very much view it like that as well. Yeah. So even though they're of different lineage, which can mean vastly different things in terms of their appearance and how they act and etc., uh, it's it's all about like we're a collective sort of people. Um, and I think so. They've really kind of embedded that sense of like community and yeah. things like that, which I, I think is very well known throughout African culture. Yeah. Um, and again, v- gameplay wise, very, very different from anything that you might play uh, in regular D&D. So whether you're white or, or black, I would recommend playing Wagadu because mm-hmm. it's a very, very fun experience and a very unique uh, experience. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess I should talk about the lineages. Uh, 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 so the they, these are basically like your, yeah, like your, your races in typical D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have the lion blood. Uh, they are like these part uh, human, part cat people. Uh, they gain an ability where they can transform into um, either a golden cat, a cheetah, or a lion once per day. Or a day. leopard. Or a leopard, yes. <laughs> See, look, you're correcting me. This is brilliant. This is I read brilliant. the book. Um, 
You read it. You read it. I, um, so then there's... I See, I, see the thing is, I've actually had to try and not read it because I don't want to spoil anything for myself for the mm. campaign. That's fair. Jeremy's like poured over it re- like religiously and I've been like, I want to read it all, <laughs> but I shouldn't because there's definitely going to... I'm definitely going to find out about monsters that we're going to encounter and that should be more of an organic thing. Yeah, I was like, oh good. Half this book is like monsters and yeah. stuff. I don't have to read yeah, about you can this read right the, now. If you, Jasper, you can read until it gets to the campaign setting and you shouldn't mm. spoil anything. Yes, if exactly. you you can control exactly. yourself, so, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing, I, I, if I can. If. <laughs> um, so then there's the Swallow. Uh, the Swallow are like, um, they're like a bu- buffalo people. They have these big buffalo horns. Um, some of that, honestly, and again, do yourself a favor, just check out the artwork it's for this. so good. It is unreal how incredible some of this artwork is uh then there's the emere uh which i guess is sort of the more like visually you'd probably say are like some of the, the closest looking to just sort of more sort of standard humans yeah those ones um, remind me a lot of like hey look we made black elves that they're, ba- they're yeah they're basically, black elves, they you know? basically black <laughs> yeah. elves they are basically yeah. black elves. because they have like long pointed ears and i think so yeah. they live in the forest mm. and like do a lot of magic it's like, like hey look we can make black elves without being problematic <laughs> yeah and and not uh, and not like these like esoteric like we are the best people that ever right, did exist right, yeah. uh, kinda, yeah. you know uh yeah. they don't have that mm-hmm. either which is really su- which is super yeah. nice <laughs> um, uh, uh and then um there is the iron masters they have metal blood it's nice. so crazy like it's it's so dope they have metal blood uh, they got a bunch of advantages, but they're also uh, um, very uh, vulnerable to lightning damage. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of dwarf-like. Yes, I would say as close. Like to... if you think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're as close to I think. Um, so yeah, then there's the Daima. Uh, the Daima is the character that I play. He's a Daima, and they're like a moth-like people. They have some crazy cool things. Uh, I big fan big fan of the daima uh and my favorite piece of artwork is of this daima woman who's just got this like beautiful like white antennas he's flowing like white dress with these white wings it's just, oh man it's just <laughs> madness um then there's the akaki which are, like fish people uh, uh and then uh finally there's the uh, ace man and um uh they're like kind of um i think they're described as like they're basically like janasi but of Wagadu. Yeah, they they are basically like that. Uh, so mm-hmm. they believe in, you know, like, uh, they live, like, a lot of them live in the deserts, and they're very kind of, like, in tune with nature, and they, uh, like, uh, alchemy and um, uh, and things like that, and quite a nomadic um, people. Um, but, yeah, and then they live in clans, which I believe are, like, fire, water, air, and earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they are literally, like, that is what it seems like, mostly. Yeah. yeah, very, very cool. So those are the lineages. So, I mean... So did you want to roll a D8 and then we can re-roll uh, on... Re-roll on... Eight yeah. If you... Re-roll on eight. And then we'll just do it alphabetically. Unless you want to pick one. Yeah. We can also have you pick nah, one. No, nah, no, let's, let's roll. Let's roll and right. see what happens. All right, sounds good. Uh, that is a two. All okay. right, so that would be... So we usually go Amere. alphabetically. And Mary? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, Daima. Daima. JK. Daima, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, that's fine by me. All right, <laughs> I good. love the Daima. All right. Uh, so I guess do you? Is there like a moon phase you'd want to be? Uh, I'm in a half moon Daima now. Uh, the I'm trying to think what the um uh 
the full moon. I think it's the full moon. So the moon full night. moon are like the urban peoples. Yes. And the new moon are the more rural. Like they like to kind of like be more isolated. Uh, uh, more yeah. hermit-like. And what's half moon? Um, They are nomadic people. Okay. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. They're super nomadic. I think a full moon. I think let's go for a full moon dive. All right. All right. Uh, that sounds like that sounds like good fun. Um, because they, if I'm not mistaken, full moon. Uh, where are we? Full moon daima. Yeah. So they get to. Da, 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 uh, yeah, they get a, a proficiency with deception. I believe. Um, yeah, proficiency with deception, uh, and additionally, you can attempt to disguise, check to magically appear as, like, any other lineage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, I mean, I immediately want to go for a rogue, but I feel like I want to try and be more nuanced than just going for the obvious one. Um, I kind of feel like, uh, do you normally roll this as well? Oh, it's, that, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So... Yeah, what uh, what's that? What that would one to? Uh, well, there's twelve, but there's thirteen if you count art artificer. So maybe a d twenty. Uh, and let's do a d twenty. Let's do a and I guess hope you roll low <laughs> for yeah. once. I rolled a twelve. All right, perfect. That's a uh, are we putting a wizard? Well, it's artificer or... first, then it would be. Oh no, it'd be warlock. Well, we do. Oh, we make so many warlocks on the show. Let's go wizard. <laughs> Let's go wizard. I yeah, was like, I kind everything of is him. a warlock. Like every time we roll, it's a warlock. I kid you not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've n- I've never actually played a wizard, and I really want okay. to. So that's sounds right. good. That slaps for me. Yeah, right. I'm great. Sounds good. Okay. And then we usually do for ability scores. We'd roll the four d six, add the higher three up. If you want to do that. Yeah. Oh, and this is yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as a full moon, you get an intelligence increase, which is great for a wizard. Oh, nice. So int plus two. Ah. Nice. Plus two for intelligence. Hey, sorry. Oh no, it's totally fine. Yeah, dump the dice out. Gotta dump those dice out. Uh, Here we go. We should add that to our pre-show notes. Hey, get some dice. (laughs) Get some dice ready. Get them out of the tray (laughs) before before you come on the show. Uh, Okay, so I've got a. Here we go. So roll four. Take off the lowest one. This one is currently a. Oh, that's a nine. Good start, everyone. Excellent. Nice. Good So we start. typically do them in order, but if you want to do, like, you can move them if you want, you know. I mean, a wizard, we can help. We can definitely go with, like, uh, nine for strength. Yeah, that's nine probably, strength is fine. Probably makes sense. Okay, dex. <laughs> yep. Don't fail me, dice. Come on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That's a 16. Nice. Nice. <laughs> High dex wizard. <laughs> I always like Quinn roll because she rolls like 16s, and I'm getting, I'm over here, I'm like 10, 9, 8, 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Constitution. I mean, this is helpful if this is high, just mm-hmm. because, but I mean, it's not going to make a huge amount of difference because it's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's an 8. Eight? Oh, my gosh, that's, that's Oh dear! Not very healthy oh, of body. They're right. pretty nimble, but you know, <laughs> he's really good at running away. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically just making moosey right now. <laughs> 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 I'm just making. Okay, here we go. Uh, but moosey's a sorcerer, so it's all good. It's completely different. Yeah, completely different. Uh, that's a nine for all intelligence. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we can. That's we an can, eleven overall. Yeah, eleven. That's, <laughs> it's not ideal, but we can make it work. Uh, it may be. 
<laughs> uh, wisdom. What is happening today? My word. That is a just a ten. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, not negative. <laughs> not negative. That's woof. This has been a bad, bad set of rolls. Uh, and that is finally for charisma a whopping twelve. All right. <laughs> well, look. So we could. Uh, he's not a great wizard. S- he's we could swap. Terrible wizard. <laughs> something if you wanted. I mean, I would be inclined. Uh, just I feel like a nine. Uh, if for intelligence on a wizard is like, I mean. Right. How would it, that yeah, well, maybe function. we could swap that with charisma. Yeah, get a twelve. That's gonna be a four. That's gonna yeah, be a then cool you'd 14. end up with a fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, so they're not not strong. They're not hardy, and they can't talk to people well. Nope. <laughs> uh, but they're pretty clever, and man, they nimble. They nimble. <laughs> so we usually roll a d six for gender as well, unless you want yeah, to pick a gender. For, um, which way around do you normally go? Um, we usually go... Like, well, so Quinn and I do it differently, so I always forget. Quinn, which way do you do it? <laughs> it's boy, one, two, girl, three, four. Non-binary. Non-binary, five, six. Okay. That's a five. All right, so we get non-binary. They, them, love it. Absolutely love it. I'm so going to play this wizard. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we should name them right now. Yeah. What kind of names do they get? Good question. So there are some suggestions in the Wagadi book. There is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So they usually say like what languages they suggest pulling from. Uh, so there okay. is the uh, Onromo, the Amharic, Amharic, and the Tigarai names. And also a uh, tidbit about the Daima. Their last name usually is a reference for how they believe they will die. Oh, yeah, that was oh, an cool. interesting thing. Uh, <laughs> which is why I picked the name Quoba for Mooty. Uh, quite heartbreakingly, Quoba means alone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pick a name. What about Aster? I quite like Aster. It means star. A-S-T-A. A-S-T-E-R. Oh, yeah, like, I think... okay. I wasn't sure if it was just like your oh. accent or if it ended in an A. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I thought uh, it was E-R. <laughs> and I usually yeah. can't spell, so that was good, <laughs> that was good for me. <laughs> so, yes. And how how will they die? Uh, how will they die? Let's see. Uh, ooh. What, what about... Is there a word for... Oh, go ahead, Jasper. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Is there a word for... What were you going to say? I was going to say for, like, illness or something, because their con is so low. Because <laughs> their con is terrible. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> or maybe disease. This would be hilarious if there's literally just a word yeah. for yeah, illness. I'm sure uh... there's a word for it. I feel like I'm looking on, a, like, a name thing. I don't feel like there's going to be that many that mean disease. <laughs> just because who would name their kid <laughs> disease? Yeah. Do you Good know point. what I mean? Which, which language did point. you go with? Uh, I'm on the uh, Tigere, I believe. Is it Tigere? Is that, is that what the, 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 the name is? Tigrinia? Tigrinia? Is, is that? Yes. I have no idea Tigrinia. how to pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, that's 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 what I think. Uh, there's one that means popcorn. That could be hilarious. <laughs> Choking on popcorn? <laughs> Uh, they yeah, their death is big popcorn. Big fan of popcorn. Big fan of popcorn. Uh, I think we should go with that. That's uh, Sesuna. 
S-E-S-U-N-A. Esther Sesuna. Esther Sesuna. <laughs> yeah, it would be even funnier if, like, in Magadi, they don't have popcorn yet. So mm. people are like, what is, I don't even know what your last name means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> popcorn, yeah. I don't know. I was just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what's going to kill me. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely going to kill it's, me. It's coming. It's yeah, are you the one they call popcorn? <laughs> um, <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, so wizards at... Also, it's, like, kind uh, of funny because, like, maybe they're, like, always, like, jumping, hopping around, flitting around, like, like mm-hmm. popcorn popping. Oh, yeah. yeah, with all their decks. Yeah, yeah. with all that decks. <laughs> decks for days. So for a wizard at first level, you pick a specialty, like, a, I believe it's first level, or maybe second. Let me check. Good question. I'm usually the one that knows Pull the rules. It up. You should know. You played a wizard. <laughs> I will probably never play a wizard. My wizard started at level eight, so well, wow. how am I supposed to know what they start at? Yeah. <laughs> I joined my friend's campaign. They were like they'd already been playing for a bit. <laughs> or we can talk about the story and then see which school we think fits with the story. Uh, as far as I can see, at level one, you know, they just get proficiency. No, second level is when they get the oh, okay. arcane tradition. Gotcha. Second yes. level. All right, so, all right, woof. we're good then. Don't have to pick. Sweet. Unless we want to, di- well, we can still yeah, we talk could, about you, it once we come up with the story. You can make Aster whatever level you want. Hmm. We can go with level two, just so we yeah, can pick the arcane tradition. Good. That sounds fun. Uh, what school would they be? Hmm. So I don't know if you want to talk about, let's try to come up with a backstory maybe, and that would help us pick the school yeah, as I well. Yeah, I feel like, uh, uh, I feel like actually the, the, the like non-binary nature probably fits quite well into Daima. They're, they're like, they're not particularly concerned with like earthly things in the other, in the ways the other uh, mm-hmm. sort of, um, lineages are. They, they worship Edessa, mm-hmm. who is the, the goddess of death, the two-faced goddess of death. Um, and uh, and so I feel like it's it's kind of like fitting that they are like a lot of them are like a quite devout. So I guess it'd be like the going on like picking. You know, do you buck that trend? Do you lean into that? Like, uh, uh which, mm-hmm. which, yeah, kind of. I guess like which way w- would you want to go? Uh, I mean, we could roll for it and see if they they you know embrace that or if they. Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think it's blade singing. I don't think it's. Yeah, I. I'm gonna go and say nope. Uh, it's definitely not that. Um, you guys are cowards. <laughs> I, I feel like it could be necromancy. Like it is. Like yeah. Oh yeah. They, worship. They worship death. So, maybe right. maybe they're trying to like figure out a way to like get closer. Maybe cheat death in a way. You know, like mm. figure out how to like boost themselves because they know they're kind of sickly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and 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 maybe like trying to uh there could be an element of trying to like if because i think like if they are super religious and they believe that odessa has given them this power then yeah. there could be an element of them thinking like oh well i have to uh, uh if i have the power to like you know bring things back from the dead or whatever it may be uh, uh, then, then that's like my my God given right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like do that and to explore that to like its fullest. Uh, yeah. yeah. And if I have to make some zombies along the way, oh well. Well, that's what. Yeah, I've been given this power by Odessa. She's yeah. 
And I, I, it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if Odessa was going to bless someone with power, it probably would be that kind of that power, right? To yeah. decide kind of who lives. And I dies. think necromancy makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think. And I also like the fact that so for wizards, you don't really get any of the spells that actually bring people back to life. Mm. You just get like the zombie type things. Mm, mm, mm. I don't think you get like revivify or raise dead. You know, you get like create undead yeah <laughs> or you know finger of death which if it kills someone turns them into a zombie you know get stuff like that so yeah. maybe i think they're... it works out better because yeah. i don't i feel like if you start revivifying people it's like you're almost going against odessa mm. as like the goddess of death that's like oh look at me at like kind of spitting in your face yeah. by bringing this person back to life but i think the fact that wizards don't have that power is kind of good works yeah i completely agree yeah. I, I i love that i really love that yeah all right and so i guess why did aster decide that they should start adventuring and leave their city right you said the full moon is city yeah 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 full moon is they city. usually like the finer things in life and usually wear like more elaborate clothing and okay. jewelry and such yeah so uh, why would they want to leave this beautiful safe city um or maybe, maybe Odessa so sends them on a mission. Or yeah, something. that's what I was wondering. Whether there's been like a, a kind of like a ooh, a they have a dream. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it's maybe because well, this is the thing that we we really enjoyed exploring with Wagadu is that um y- y- like no one explains to anyone the, what these dreams are. So we as players <laughs> know that this is like visions of your previous life, but like. Yeah as a character you don't know what it means like you just see this mm-hmm. kind of like crazy very strange foreign land almost uh and yeah. you kind of see yourself in it but it doesn't necessarily uh you don't necessarily know that that's that's referring to you or pert- pertaining to you um and so it might be quite interesting if yeah like maybe they get a vision of their uh life in the upper realms um and they see themselves uh, uh, um, maybe somewhere or performing some sort of, you know, uh, performing some sort of ritual or, or like yeah. uh, uh, doing something. Uh, um, I'm almost wondering whether it's like um, it could be something sacrificial. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, uh, yeah. if if they if they like I, I I to restore some sort of balance. There's like a uh, uh, something that could be of great good or great evil. Do you know what I mean? That that, that needs to be kind of removed, like a spirit mm-hmm. or something. Um, that's like upsetting the balance because quite often spirits and uh, deities whilst removed are at odds with one another in the sense mm-hmm. that spirits always like to think of themselves, you know, higher beings and the deities yeah. are always a bit like, well, stay in your lane. Come on, guys. Like, you're not, <laughs> you, you can't do what we do. Do you know what I mean? We can yeah. crush you, yeah. so just stay in your lane. So maybe it could be spirit related, like if they have to go and on like almost like a, a pilgrimage to, 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 to like, you know, a sacrifice a spirit to Odessa or something. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, like, it says in the book about the, like, the Daima magicians is that they they explore dark magic and cast spells no one dared to. So maybe they mm. want to try to do this, like, forbidden form of magic or whatever that they found, but it requires a special sacrifice to be mm-hmm. done in order to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, question about what God do, which maybe you don't know. With the Fallen, did they... I mean, obviously when you start playing, they're usually level one, but mm. is it possible that a Fallen would be, like, level zero, essentially, and, like, goes and, like, I don't know, becomes a carpenter or something, mm. and then they 
after, you know, they've been Carpenter for two years, and now they had this dream, and that kind of sets them into level one. Is that yeah, a thing think, that happens as well? Yeah, I th- I think... Uh, um, Probably it could happen. Th- yeah, I think absolutely that could happen. Like, I feel like it's a... It's... it's um, the way that they talk about a lot of the of the giving and taking of power uh, mm-hmm. like in this world is a very like organic thing and i think absolutely you know they talk about um like ancestors will like choose a time to visit you and you know maybe imbue you with a certain power or a certain mm-hmm. uh, um uh, ability or or whatever because that is the moment that they either need you to do something or that you are destined to do something or you know um and so I think, like, absolutely that could be, you know, that this kind of calling could happen, um, right. you know. And with the this, like, story, you know, maybe the spirits were, they were fine, but now there's this one that needs to be put in its place, so. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I think, yes, absolutely something like that would be, uh, could definitely work. And like, I did I say be... carpenter, but then now I'm thinking about the strength. Yeah, I'm like, like maybe like a potter yeah. or something where you're a little more oh, using your hands. You know hands. what? Oh, well, I was they wondering have dexterity. <laughs> Go for mm. it, Jasper. Well, no, I, I'm interested in what Quinn has to say. Um, uh, what 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 was your dex based job? <laughs> oh, my dex based job. I didn't. What? You just mentioned commenting on the pottery. Oh yeah, I was just commenting that <laughs> a potter makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, I see. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I see. you gotta. Yeah, you gotta be good with your hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What were you thinking, uh, Jasper? Well, I was wondering whether they could be uh, given their intelligence and sort of pursuit of arcane uh, arts, whether they could be like a like a cartographer or something like that, like kind okay. of you know mapping things out by stars and you know. Oh, that yeah, and their name is translates to star, so that would make sense. To star, yeah. yeah. So maybe like Ooh, mapping yeah. moon cycles and star cycles because that would be like a, uh, I would that assume would be a big a pretty, thing for them. A big job, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For, a di- for the Daima people. They would be like, that's where their worship, the source of their worship, you know? Yeah. So to know when the moon is going to be its fullest, to know when Yeah, and they get like, they get special powers in... when the moon is full. Yeah. If the moon is full, they can use their wings yeah. like, constantly throughout yeah. that entire Without night. Without being tired uh, or anything. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's probably yes. good to know as a Daima. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have a flying speed now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, snap. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that makes right. a big difference. Yes. <laughs> Go. Everyone can travel. Fly now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fly now. Fly now. You've got eight hours. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Dex makes sense for that as well because drawing and stuff takes a little more dexterity. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, they and when they do use their wings, they actually get um, advantage, I believe, on dexterity saving throws. As oh, well. nice! So, uh, you know, not gonna knock them off their perch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but if you do hit them, they will die because they have no constitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't die unless it's popcorn. <laughs> true. True. Exactly. Unless literally, unless it's popcorn, then, yeah. then they're fine. Okay. Then they're fine. So, their background is a guild artisan then, Mm -hmm. because they're a cartographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Love that. And that gives us persuasion and insight? I believe so. And what other skills do we have to pick from wizard? Arcana, history, insight, investigation, medicine, religion. I feel like religion makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think religion's a pretty big one for for Daima. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know, maybe investigation? Yeah, if you're... Like, trying to, like... Or did you say nature, or did I ignore it? 
and not hear nature. You did not hear nature. Okay. You wanted it to I be wanted nature. to hear nature. Yeah, you wa- that's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could always convince your DM to let you swap We can also just say, hey, they have nature. Yeah, like, they have give... all the other intelligence <laughs> yeah. ones. Why not nature? Yeah, we'll give them nature. And then if your yeah. DM doesn't allow it, then... Then they're lame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Esther, I forgot the last name. Sasuna. Uh, Sasuna. All right, I'm I'm liking this. This is fun. What else do we need, Quinn? I mean, we have pretty much. I feel I, like everything. We've we've done what pretty else, much. What everything. else does the Daima get? What else? Sure, we'll talk uh, about that. So, so we talked about the fly speed a little bit. So yeah, they they yeah, so, they can oh, activate their wings. Daima also get plus one dex in general. Oh boy! Whoa! Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Hey yo. <laughs> That's exciting. They don't walk super fast. They their speed is only twenty five feet because their 25. wings kind of like get in their way, mm-hmm. so they aren't as fast. Yeah. They're pretty awkward. But uh, they, they get... have one hundred twenty feet of dark vision. Yep. Uh, they can also. Uh, they get advantage on. Uh, they can make coffee. Yes. Because uh, it's part of the Daima ritual is making coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they also get advantage on charisma rolls against moths, bats, uh, owls, and other nocturnal flying animal spirits. I love uh, which... the just the picture of Aster just brewing a cup of coffee and then like Pouring going up to look maps. at the stars and the... well, I was yep. even thinking about like oh, going yeah. and standing on there. Their like deck or whatever, yeah, wrapping some, some and things just, like, out. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, is that's good. an amazing image. <laughs> that's a, such an awesome image. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also get they can cast speak with dead, which again fits so well yep. with the whole <laughs> uh, necromancer necromancer vibe. Yeah, hey, do you um, mind if I turn you into a zombie? <laughs> just so I can, you know, I can get some answers out of you. Uh, and then. Oh yeah, and then cheat death as well. Yes. Uh, this is hilarious because again, uh, for Mooty, because uh, I'm I can't actually remember what sorcerer I am, but I also have the ability to cheat death because of that uh, yeah. sorcerer subclass. I think your shadow. Uh, yes, that's, that's it. the yeah, shadow, shadow one sorcerer, that gives yeah. that. Um, and so uh, Mooty can avoid death twice nice. <laughs> per long rest, uh, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, which yeah yeah so, so instead so, yeah, of like if you would drop to zero hit points you can choose to instead drop to one hit point so it's yes. like the half orc yeah it's like the yes it's like that uh they can also stabilize yeah. creatures by touching them nice uh, without uh having to make a uh, as long as the daima hasn't cheated death yet so as long yeah. as Asta hasn't cheated death yet then they okay can... so you kind of have spared the dying if you yeah. haven't used that yeah yeah cool basically and then also they have like a kind of light sensitivity mm. because they are nocturnal beings. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yes. They probably do. They have slightly larger eyes, being like moth people. Uh, yeah, uh, I think in most of the depictions they seem to have kind of yeah. slightly larger eyes. Okay. Than and then like at midday they have disadvantage on attack rolls and wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. Yep, makes sense. Right around, you know noon where it's really sunny yes. yeah yeah so lots of big brimmed hats brimmed hats with little two little holes for your antennae yes with the yeah you gotta have that antennae space because yeah. otherwise it gets uncomfortable you don't want that you don't want that yeah it'd be like if you're crushing your ears yep Ugh, so uncomfortable which they also have ears yes 
They do. I did not think they didn't have ears. <laughs> <laughs> they might not. I mean, some of the um, Ikaki don't. Yeah. Because they have true. like fins instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Good point. <laughs> well played. Touche. <laughs> Touche. All right. Yeah. So I think that's. That's. Yeah. That's that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I like this character that, you know. This cartographer. Very yeah. cool. Very, very <laughs> cool. Uh, I now really want to play this, so we're going to have to find a way. That's so. the problem with this show, just yeah. in general. At the end of every episode, now I want to play this. Yeah. I want to play this character, yeah. Uh, if Moosey suddenly disappears or gets killed in the next session, then and the after appears, <laughs> then <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe there you can go. Jeremy to uh, let you reroll the stats. Yes, <laughs> I feel like the people that have like drawn fan art of Moosey might be a little bit more annoyed <laughs> if I did that. Hey, adventuring's dangerous business. It is mm-hmm. extremely dangerous, and it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, Muti has to die three times before he dies, so... Exactly. That's exactly. tough. Exactly. It's it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> uh, he's, not, he's not going down without a fight. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been so great to have you on with us and talk to you. Do you have any last thoughts? Maybe want to plug your show one more time yeah. or anything like that? Where can people find you on the internet? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, first of all, thank you. This has been so much fun. It was it was such a blast having you on our show and it's lovely to get to talk to you, Quinn, because we didn't get to talk last time. That's um, true. So, so thank you for inviting me on here and this has been really, really fun. Um, if anyone does want to find me on the internet, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, and the show uh, is pretty much everywhere at TB Halflings. Um, uh, whether that's like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're on Patreon. Uh, yeah, a bunch of different places at TB Halflings. Uh, so yeah, come and join some of our chaos. Uh, it's, it's, it's mad, but it's, it's good fun and, and we have a laugh. Uh, and like I said, Alex was on uh, on our show, so you should come and check it out. For sure. Yeah. And it's available like wherever you get your podcasts from. So just <laughs> yes. TB Halflings, uh, Three Black Halflings. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere that's TB Halflings, except when you're looking for it in the podcast app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would, that would, yeah, yeah. Then just type well, in. Well, it might still pop up. I don't, yeah, I'd hope it would still. That is yeah. True. I would hope it would still come up. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and Google this now and find yeah, out. Yeah, he's going to, yeah. Yeah, because if not, then... Doing the hard-hitting journalism there. (laughs) Gotta do it. It's gotta be done, you know? It's been a lot of fun. Definitely. Woo! Thanks so much for that, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It's been great. You can find more information about our show at a acoupleofcharacterspodcast.com. Have ideas or feedback, or need help creating your next character? Email us at acoupleofcharacterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at acocpodcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, give us a five-star review on there and tell a friend about our show. Yes. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. You can just search ACOC Podcast there. You can support us as well by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC Podcast. And any books that you buy there will give us 10%, as well as giving a local bookstore of your choice 10%. You can find me on Twitter at Allison Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Not a Dr. Quinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling.
Alex, I don't want to do this. I don't want to edit this. And he's like, you have to, Quinn. <laughs> I sympathize with you so bad because yeah. it sucks. If yeah, you we just swear at us before we record, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, black people would also yeah. like to relax, my dude, but they yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah. And oh my then... gosh, we could call this episode all about that Dex. <laughs> all about that Dex. <laughs> Hell yes. Or let's talk about Dex. Whatever, <laughs> whatever name we were going to go with. Yeah.